Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. Inside bike culture, but outside the bike game. My name is Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida, joined as always by the little guy Matt Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Spencer Howell in Boston, Massachusetts. We can be reached online at theslowridepodcast.com or email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi, guys. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's October 27th. Uh, We're here to talk about bikes and bike-related garbage um, with uh, little guy Matt Allen over there in Minnesota. How was your uh, How was your spooky cross there, little guy? It wasn't a It wasn't a lot of costumes this year, but I had a I had fun cross races nonetheless. Did Did you dress up? No, I didn't dress up. So I didn't dress up. Disappointed. I, I let Tim yeah. down. There was no ninjas or hairy chest men, Tim. That's okay. speaking of speaking of Tim. Tim, you're joining us from Gainesville, Florida, as usual, right? Or are you yeah. out on the road somewhere? No, I'm in uh, Gainesville tonight in the uh, home okay. base. I just got done washing the Juggalo paint off my face after a successful spooky cross in which I got 10th place in the category. Really a Juggalo? I was a Juggalo. Finally, after years of discussing, I even got Fago at Sam's Club to make the costume. After years of being in the closet about your Juggalo Nation (laughs) loyalty? Yes. Uh, The funniest (laughs) moment during the race was in which the the gentleman I was – yo-yoing with off the back um ninth and tenth place he was someone yelled at him you better hurry up because an evil mime is going to beat you and oh. so he didn't know what a juggalo was but well hopefully hopefully your taco challenge is going better taco challenge doing okay i uh crossed the 300 uh taco barrier so i'm uh about 75 still... tacos behind right now yeah you're still behind the mark there all right so but uh, yeah, good cross racing this weekend. I love uh, spooky cross, all types of great costumes and uh, debauchery out on the course, and it actually makes cyclocross racing fun. Actually, yes, actually, okay, <laughs> actually. I do want to say one thing though during the race, um, and this this has happened to me throughout my career in Minnesota too. Is that as a category three, you oftentimes race with the one two women, and several times on the race course the the top one two woman behind me was getting really close and so people would yell like hey tim don't get chicked and it really like made me mad because Classy. as if it's a shame to get beat by a woman who's really really good and fast in minnesota it happened to me often with uh, linda sonet and then she went on to be a national champion and it discredits the ability and quality of racing of the women to then just say something like that so i just wanted to get that off my chest mm. it's true I what agree would you. you suggest that. that people say? Hey, go faster, or you're doing well, or oh boy, I really like that Juggalo face paint. All right, the Juggalo face paint, I'll give you that, but I don't know if uh, the first two work because I don't think you can go faster. <laughs> work together with the awesome lady that's behind you who is yeah. one of the best in her category. Maybe just the, get out of the way, leaders coming through. Yeah, leaders <laughs> coming. Yeah, I like that one. Like, that would be really funny. Like, hey, don't block the leader coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you should get used to hearing that then. So, um, yeah. You know what you could do? Good. You know what you could do, Tim? What's that? You could tar- take uh, take part in some non-competitive events. I could. 
and uh, what, are they sanctioned? What would they be called? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That was never. <laughs> this is a good segue. Let's get this done. I like where you're taking this, Spencer. So lead us along. Lead us I, down I, this uh, path. This is why I don't lead the podcast, you guys. But whatever. Um, so in the world of non-competitive racing, which we love to talk about uh, every week here on the podcast, um, there was a big debacle this week. Big debacle. You guys hear about it with the uh, with the Hincapi Grand Fondo? Yes. Only $125 yes. if you register by December for next year's edition. Oh. That's a deal. That's a deal. What do you get to do that for that? Deal. You get to ride with many great racers, including – but not limited to former members of the United States Postal Cycling Team. There you go. <laughs> That's nice. That's and a couple dream. thousand of their friends. So, yeah. So you sign up. You pay like a couple hundred bucks to do a, do this Grand Fondo with with Georgie and and everybody. And, and Lance, I guess, signed up to do it. And then that's when everything hit the fan. Um it was fun seeing this. So, of course, Lance signs up to do the Grand Fondo, of which was sanctioned by USA Cycling as a non-competitive cycling event. Right. And then the top-notch newscast team at Velo News ran a story which even said it's a non-sanctioned event where all they had to do was go to the USA Cycling webpage, click on South Carolina, and they would have seen that it was sanctioned by USA Cycling. So yes. great journalism there, gentlemen. And they then, don't do journalism, you know. That. And then the best part was, you know, enough stunk, stink was raised about it that USADA sent a letter to USA Cycling and said, "Hey, you're, you know, you're signed on to this charter. Do you plan to allow him to race?" And USA Cycling pretty much just said, "Well, know. we're not gonna like enforce it. We don't have an official there, but he's not allowed to race." <laughs> yeah, don't have an official, man. So, yeah. which the bigger question is to me and almost everybody else. What the hell is a Grand Fondo? No, yeah. the bigger question is, what's the point of USA Cycling? <laughs> well, that's we're getting pretty existential here. <laughs> so, Wait a minute. What is the point of what is the point is everything? I'm like, why is this yeah. desk here? Why is this computer <laughs> here? So let's why get to this, this podcast here. Why do I have niche pedals? <laughs> let's get to this oh, Grand Fondo question. Um, All right, let's talk about uh, your Grand Fondo question. So. so Hincapie's so, yeah, grand what, what is a Grand Fondo? So it has to be sanctioned, maybe? Well, maybe a, so, so a Grand Fondo, my understanding, is that it is a timed group ride. So basically it's like a Category 1 through 5 race with all the Freds and all the pros, and then they just give you a time at the end. And so it's kind of like your really fast century rides, but it's a little oh. bit more racy. The, like you get stuff, you get a dinner, you can a... race with the pros. I always assumed a, a Grand Fondo was like a parade. No. I assumed there'd be something grand about it. Every ride, everybody in that's a bike well, tour goes on is a timed ride because they get home and you, you look at your Strava yeah. and then well, you, it's a timed ride. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you know? so now you guys may just be trolling, but a Grand Fondo, it's like a bigger <laughs> event. Maybe. So like the one that they do in Miami with the Giro d'Italia Grand Fondo, they bring over like Simone – Cipollini's been there in the past. Basso, they've got an all-pink car. This is the trophy, Spencer, that you took a picture with at Interbike. Like, it is a grand event. You pay 250 bucks, you get like some fancy pasta dinner, and then it's the big deal, and they give you a time. And so like, if you're the winner, you're the winner. USA Cycling right. sanctions these because they can get a lot of money off that sanctioning fee for these events. Right. 
So, so these events are sanctioning not. it for like the insurance reason. Yeah. Is that that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's the only that difference way. between your regular group ride and a grand fondo is that you paid yes. a bunch of money, you hang out with pros, and you have insurance in case you fall down. Yeah, and they're usually you know, like a couple want... hundred bucks, and you get a jersey. Like, I mean, it's a big thing. Like, it's so so. You're a big people. grand fondo fan, is what I'm. I'm not a big grand fondo fan, but I understand the grand fondo idea and. This gets to the next question is, is should have Lance Armstrong been allowed to go ride this Grand Fondo with his cycling buddies? Absolutely not. No. Why don't they just yeah. do an unsanctioned Fondo? That's if what they I want said. That I mean, jackass to show up. They should have. There's a bunch yeah. of these events that don't go through USA Cycling that go through other sanctioning bodies and it would have been totally fine. So, doesn't, yes. Lance doesn't should not have been allowed to tell him this crap. Lance should not. Well, they should have just hired me. The case closed. Let's move on to another topic. Well, I think I just want to get the last word in. Um, I think we need to vote uh, some sort of official body, like probably not USADA, maybe straight to WADA, uh, right to the top, and just give them the authority to, um, instead of banning these guys for two years or, or life or whatever like Lance did, let's just chop their legs off straight away. This first offense, we're chopping your legs off. And you can no longer participate in cycling events of any kind. And then we just don't have this problem anymore. Sounds good to me. What if he gets one of those uh, hand crank bikes? That's Ooh. fine. <laughs> if would, Lance I shows up on a hand see... crank bike, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, they should say he can he can do the he can do the Grand Fondo, but he has to ride a recumbent. I think he would. I bet he would. I bet he would. I bet he would totally. If he could get into competitive recumbent riding, yeah, he I would bet he'd be like, like yes. I'm going to ride that recumbent and I'm going to win. Hey, yeah. Kent, Lance, Lance could get into competitive, like, ultra distance marathon riding, couldn't he? I mean, there's got to be, like, sanctioned. some non Olympic. Well, there's got to be a non Olympic sport that he can do. Like, the only thing he can't do is do Olympic sports that have. that subscribe to the WADA code. No, I mean, he could go do ABR races in Wisconsin or race in Obra. But he can't do USA Cycling stuff. Well, if he went to go do an Ober race, though, what would hurt him, though, is that the way that they did Tyler Hamilton is that any racer that competed with Lance could then be sanctioned. Yeah, that's true. So, so. But he's a big enough douche oh, that he man, can get away yeah, with that. But, so. you know, it was exciting news that happened this week, so I guess right, we have let's to move talk on about to some... Tour de France 2015. Yeah, big news. Mountains, France, countryside, mm. sunflowers, sheep. French there's, bread. There's something missing from your description, though, Spencer. What? Time trials. Ooh. There's a time trial. Yes, but how long is it? The tiny ones. 14K, which I don't know. Is that like three miles? Seven so, miles? So I just checked the Velo games. I'm going to win already, and they're already going to put Quintana at like 50 because this is his tour to win, guaranteed. And Chris yeah. Froome's not going to want to do it now. Well, Chris Froome has already come out and said he didn't want to do it, which is asinine. I, I, I can't comprehend like why Sky would even want to pay this guy his salary if he's already a year in advance of the race saying, I'm not going to do it, I can't win, like blah, blah, blah. Like how whiny do you have to be? Like that's who you want as your spokesman? It's disappointing, man. Like, It's uh, – yeah. They need to I, act. They need to act excited about it. Even if he's not, he needs to be like, I can't wait. I got a passion for racing the tour. Like that's what I do. I'm a tour guy. Like, really? I, that's. Yeah. I think it's good that he's saying it's 
He doesn't want to do it. That's fine. He looks awesome. He doesn't want to do waiting. it. I've been waiting for a tour without that many time trials forever. And just to hear these guys whine about it is like... So who's, so I mean, who's the what, team what leader for Sky? What the days of, of Sean Kelly and, and Eddie Merckx and these guys who are just like, yeah, whatever, throw it at me. I'm going to win it. I don't care what it is. It can be Paris Roubaix. It can be a Tour de France. Like, I you know? I agree with you, but I mean, if they don't like it, what I happened? think they should complain. I think I think it's kind of good. It, you know, maybe if he wants to do zero, you know, that'd be great. Let some other guys yeah, do the tour. Let the him tour's do the kind of boring. Let him do the tour too. Let but him do all three. Guy. I'm I'm suddenly in agreement with Tinkoff. This tour is not going to be boring. For once, this what? tour won't be boring because there isn't time trials. This is going to be a great tour. No, a team the time trial. No, a team time trial on stage nine. Like how many? Yeah, that... How many teams are going to be complete at that point? Like there's going to be several teams that are already down a couple of riders. Yeah, the and they're all going to be French nine. teams, and then we'll be crying in our baguettes. You know, <laughs> you know that's well, that, true. That part is true, but it'll all be the French teams. It won't be Sky. It won't be Saxo. You know, it, it won't be Movistar. It'll be the French teams, and it's all going to backfire. Every time the French try to re-engineer this thing to, so it works perfectly for them, it's a disaster. Who's going to win, in your opinion? Uh, Probably is, Mar- is Christophe Moreau still riding? No? Vokler. No. Vokler. Vokler will win. You're crazier than Oh, my God. Your credibility is shot, little guy. You got to keep hope yeah. alive, guys. Hope alive. Who do you think is going to win, Spencer? Oh, the great French hope, the actual French hope, Thibaut Pinot. No, it's this totally is going to be. It's going to be the prettiest, He's the prettiest man in cycling. He's going to win. Quintana. Who's the prettiest man in cycling? Pinot. He's a right. handsome guy. I think we're done with our. Uh... With the best looking kids. <laughs> he's he's the handsomest guy on the team, and he can actually you know place on the podium of the tour when all, all the other favorites crash out. I can't believe Froome is turning down his opportunity for Tinkoff's $1 million. No yeah. one's getting a $1 million. Did we not talk about this last week? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All righty. So we talked pretty, about I'm Grand pretty Fondos. sure we argued about the whole I thing mean, last week. We can, we can we just all agree to like kind of uh, mourn the death of Panache in, in cycling? Like, it's just gone. Like Yes. It's, this is it's just a sad. On. It's just, ah. It's not even 2015 yet, and I'm already like, meh. About the tour, <laughs> but you know, week before we'll all get really excited. We will. It always happens yeah. that way. The tour is always the biggest show, and it's always super fun. But these guys are man; they're just taking it out. And I don't know. They're getting as bad as like NFL players and baseball players. Just, they baseball just want more players. money, man, and they just want to stand uh, around and make pro athletes. Pretty soon you. they're gonna be asking us to build them stadiums. All right, <laughs> I know. all right, we're the panache is gone. We're you guys, good. You guys, I thought yeah. of something else. Did you see this week? Um, the video that was floating around of uh, of the Path Elite debacle, catastrophe even? I did. I actually... Yeah. Okay, yes. did you see it? Everybody saw I it? I saw it. Okay, yeah, I, I want to talk about this thing. Cause... <laughs> I showed it at the shop. On, I couldn't uh, stop laughing. And I several occasions. kind of bad, but I kind of didn't why, feel Why bad. did you show it at the shop? Well, I showed it to like the other coworkers. I showed it to the other people. I was like, oh, "Hey guys, check this not, out." You don't just have that on in the background while people are buying on bikes. You're like, oh, that, that's loop. a disaster. All right, let's uh, set it up for us, Spencer. So uh, we'll post a link to it uh, in the comments. But um, 
in case you haven't seen it, it's a it's a path lead uh, GoPro video um, facing backwards off somebody's saddle, and you can see two. Uh, you can see a line of riders behind this guy, and um, there's uh, there's some sketchy riding going on, and uh, one guy comes from the very back, and he's coming up the left-hand side kind of uh, to make his way to the front of the group, and the dude directly behind the camera kind of drifts over to his left and cuts that guy off, and he crashes horribly. And they do it in slow motion in the video, and it looks oh, yeah. like maybe the most painful thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I laughed, and I laughed, and it, it felt terrible person. I felt horrible, and at the same time, yeah, I don't know. So I, I actually wanted to bring it up because I, I wanted to know what you guys' opinions were on uh, on it's, the video. Who 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 is to blame? What went wrong? And how can how can you fix it? It's clearly the dude that's coming up from behind, unannounced, in the right hand side he of the, wait wait can I can I finish? No. He comes up what <laughs> seems like unannounced on the right hand side of the, the path. The story has changed already. And as he's coming up, you can see that the the pathletes who are in some kind of double pace line too fast on this path that has several pedestrians walking. Yeah. Um, and one guy is trying to avoid an upcoming pedestrian, it seems, and then cuts the uh, the guy that's coming up from behind off, and then he crashes. Mm. Well, and it's a horrible crash, and I laughed several times, but it's the guy from uh, behind's cr- uh, fault because it's just – it's everybody's fault, really. But it's really – I put most of the blame on the guy from behind. Well, we can all agree that it's everybody's fault for sure. Yeah, but, I think it's uh, everybody's fault. Let's, let's analyze be... a little deeper. Like, what do, you, what do you think there, little guy? What do you got? I, I was just going to say it's everyone's fault. I mean, pretty much everything you watch in that video is people doing the wrong thing. One guy drifting into the other lane. Uh, yeah. you know, drifting back and forth. They must have been in the UK because they were all riding on the left side in the beginning. I don't know. But, um, I'm not sure. Anyway, it's just everyone was doing the wrong thing. Everyone's drifting around. No one's looking. People are trying to pass people in narrow little zones with no warning. It was just, yeah. it was just kind of a disaster, and, and the end result was, you know, kind of expected, I guess. Yeah, there's there definitely are a couple some... camelbacks in the, in the video, too. <laughs> Yeah, there's some lessons to be learned from that video for sure. Um, but I, I actually disagree pretty much 100% with Timmy. I think it's the guy who is drifting. I think it's his fault. The um, guy that crashed? Uh, I the guy that crashed is the one that's drifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy the who's drifting because he, he needs to be checking his blind spots before he's shifting lanes like that. You know, like... Yeah, he shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't so be a guy over, overtaking him super fast. But, but yeah, like, what do you do? Like, would you move your car over a lane on the highway without, like, checking? Like All the time. Gonna... Yeah. Never do it. Never look. I mean, I, Just I live float. in Boston, so actually that's probably not a good example. The only problem with the UK theory is I think there's sun in the video. So. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's why everyone's wearing well, shirts. Take a look if you haven't seen it. Let us know what you think because uh, we obviously don't know what the hell's going on other than everything's wrong. should always shoulder check. You should never pass without letting people know. And you shouldn't be going that fast on the path. There's perfectly good roads out there to go fast on. So we got a, um, a tweet the other day about uh, bringing uh, from Chris Fisher's or whatever, Chris Fisher. 
about what he would bring up to the podium, and he said he'd bring up finger bikes. Have you guys ever heard of finger bikes before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things are pretty cool. Anyway, so I just thought I, I'd throw that I out. I always wanted some finger bikes, and I was like, I never had any. Yeah, I never had any either, but <laughs> that's awesome. It's always right, anyways, sorry. The kids with... We can get back to Spencer's agenda here. Uh, yeah. It's painful. Um, so I was I got a couple of yahoos here. Um, we're gonna go through these uh, and see what they see what they have to say here because you know a lot of beginners out there need need advice. Um, so the first That's one why is we're here. yeah, the first one's pretty straightforward. I think we've kind of addressed a, a similar thing in the past, but um, not quite not quite to this depth. Um, right, the I'm question ready. here the question here is should should I shave my legs? And and the description is as follows. At school, I always get, mostly by the girls, about how hairy my legs are and that I should shave them. Should I shave them? If so, how, what do I shave them? I only shave my face. Thank you. So, oh man, there's a lot here. Um... It doesn't even specifically say that he's a cyclist, but it is posted in the cycling Yahoo yeah. Answers. And that, that's important. So first off, yes, you should shave your legs. The bigger question is where do you stop when you shave your legs? Um, and finally, if you only have shaved your face, you may want to invest in a high-quality industrial shearer for your legs <laughs> the first time. Like the stuff they um, use on sheep? Yes, because it took me a good hour and a half to shave my legs for the first time and it was when uh when my oh, wife and Lord. i it was when my wife and i had first broken up for our first um hiatus and she was not very happy with me and i remember calling her asking her how to shave my legs and she was like i hope it hurts and it took forever it was a miserable experience so um mm. yeah shave your legs it's great but it's also <laughs> a pain in the ass you're making it sound awesome yeah, oh, yeah. little, little guy good. was a holdout little guy had the hairy legs for many many years it was kind of your calling mm-hmm. card though guy so was, maybe maybe you're uh maybe you're maybe an expert to answer this yeah uh, okay. I, I think i think they shouldn't shave their legs until they're cat too i think that's the rule personally mm-hmm. but so, uh, otherwise i otherwise they just just keep them so, hairy. Yeah. so i think mountain bikers should shave their legs more than roadies to be honest because I found that the dudes that have hairy legs tend to get all the ticks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I had a tick on me earlier I'm today. Serious. But you so. can find the ticks when you don't have uh, that hair could on be, your legs. Could this be like a t-shirt? The... Could we say mountain bikers with hairy legs get all the ticks? Yes. Mountain bikers <laughs> get all the chicks? Like yes. Yes. We'll be rich. You... We'll oh. be rich. Yeah. Because what do you think, little uh, That segues into my personal um, – opinion about the shaving of the legs uh, for cycling and for life in general is that the ladies love it. They really do. Even if you're dating somebody who's not a cyclist and doesn't understand, it doesn't take long for them to wrap their head around it. And they're like, you know what? This is pretty nice because pretty much the grossest thing on earth is dudes' hairy legs walking around. It's Nobody likes to see that. It's like It's like seeing people's toes. Like you don't want to see your toes. I don't want to it see is, your hairy legs either. It is weird when you off. have the 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 spandex bib short on, and then you just have a poof of leg hair. It is kind of <laughs> strange. It's and like it, the opposite of 
muffin tops. If you don't want to look like a Fred, shave your legs. You'll at least get a little bit more like, oh, maybe he's a Category 4. You know? Yes. There's definitely People a little bit more. People will think you're fast if you look the part. Until so, you yes. ride. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, bikes are great, but like, I'm and just it's like, also general been proven, It's also been proven to be more aerodynamic and faster. No, no, uh, that's what Bicycling Magazine said. Oh, oh wow. They're they a source they, for real facts. They are. Just like we are. Facts. Five facts to get faster. I think one of them would be uh, to shave your legs. So, yeah, we yahooed that one. Nice. Yeah. We did. Nice. All right. Well, our second Yahoo and our final Yahoo for the day uh, is a pretty simple, straightforward question. Is it against the law to ride a unicycle on the road? I want to go to a different neighborhood where there's more room and I'll watch out for cars, but I don't know if it's against the law. I'm an expert at riding and I never fall. I've got a... But what about a giraffe unicycle? The neighborhood is just around the corner. Do you guys, is it against the well, law? Let's to talk ride about this. What is a because giraffe it, unicycle? It's one of the ones that's it's not, it's like taller. It's got like a tube before you hit the seat tube. It has like an extra seat tube or something. So it's not what? like a giraffe isn't riding it. No, it's not like a giraffe is riding. That would be a, that would be, I have a giraffe on a unicycle and I wanted to let him out of my house. Is that against the law? That there was a giraffe. There uh, was a costume. giraffe at our at our cross race this weekend, and Why? it was not on a unicycle. It was on Why a bike, was it right? Wasn't it a costume? It was it was on a two wheeled bicycle, not on a unicycle. Okay. And it's probably the most I considered it the most amazing costume I've ever seen in a costume race, until the X wing guy fighter. showed up with the X wing fighter jet thing built onto his bike, and he is in full costume. It was pretty epic. Uh, so a unis a unicycle come apart. So, <laughs> is it against the law to ride a unicycle on the road? I don't think it no. is, but I think it probably should be. No. Oh. Have what? you ever ridden a unicycle? It's really hard. Yeah. Wait, have you re- have you ridden one, little guy? Yeah, I have one. I'm gonna go what? ride it on the road right what? after this, just to spite Spencer. Yeah, I've never what? been able to uh, ride a unicycle. I can't. No, I can ride. barely ride it. But yeah. you know, it's hard. It's, if you can are... ride it on the road, more power to you. It's it's so, it's an accomplishment. There's no way that this is against the law to ride a unicycle on the road, and especially as the questioner states, he is an expert at riding, or she is an expert at riding, and never falls. So yeah, there you Where go. Where have they been riding all this talking... time? Yeah, how do you get the off circus. the unicycle if you never fall? <laughs> Where do you think they've been riding? Are like, they just stuck the on room? the unicycle? Oh man! No, I just think it's funny that they, they've 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 reached expert status yet they don't know where they can do it. You know, they haven't left the neighborhood. <laughs> they, have, they haven't left their driveway, but they're an expert. You know, I don't think you can quite reach expert status if you haven't left your driveway. But they should still wonder... be able to go on the road. But you know, no, right. yeah. There's some good stuff in there. So um... glad we got glad we got to the bottom of that. All right, I want to yeah. get to uh, uh, one of the emails we got last week. Listener uh, email. You can always, yeah, you can always email us at com, And this one comes from Devin at Search and State. Search and State makes those wonderful um, jerseys. The email. America? No one from Search and State. No one cares about the podium, so I don't really care what people do up there. That's true. In reference, in reference to podium bikes. But can we That's address true. the real th- 
Can we address the real threat to cyclocross? The pit bike. It must be stopped. After participating in a few races where mechanics are power washing bikes and most of the field gets on a new clean bike every lap, I can't see how this helps the sport at all. Finish on the bike you started with. Seems fair, seems logical, seems right. If everyone has to do it, there is no disadvantage. If you travel to race, taking two bikes is sometimes impossible. If you can even afford to own two in the first place, we should just level the playing field a bit. On the road, many stage race promoters switch to not allowing aero equipment. This really improves the racing. Outlawing the pit bike would do the same. What do you guys think? You're here. Should we yeah, outlaw the I, pit bike? I already did. That's why I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have so, a question. I have a question. Okay. If you if you outlawed a pit bike, wouldn't we just be mountain bike racing? No, it'd be because they start with they start on bike. what they they finish on what they started on. They have to repair whatever brakes on it if they want to keep going. Like it no, just seems like mountain bike to. rules, right? Isn't it? Is it a different sport or is it just a different bicycle? Well. I just to clarify the rules when you're doing mountain biking you don't have to fix what's on your bike you can now take it to the pit where you can have a mechanic that fits your bike or change oh, the flat tire so maybe mountain bike. So that is that is very yeah. important to to clear they've changed those rules so, recently okay all right so, so I didn't I didn't realize mountain bike racing had so, become cyclocross racing so, so you that, should so be able to go into the pit what he's saying is just don't have a pit bike like go in there if you want to change wheels go in there if you have a mechanic who's ready to uh you know replace a shifter that you broke because you crashed but you just okay. can't have a bike in there um, i like this idea it seems so fair tim, and logical especially for the lower levels tim, i think yes i want to know i want i have a question about florida cycle cross because i've never been yes. down there um hopefully i'll make it down uh this winter to destroy you in in some event but um uh how many how many of your races have like a neutral support setup like with a guy who's got wheels and, and tools and all that junk Almost every single race, we have a neutral sport guy. Um, Jordan from VeloChamp, a shop out of Tampa, he goes to almost every cyclocross race in Florida nice. with uh, pit bikes. Uh, well, he brings like two pit bikes, but then he brings a, a slew of wheels, mm -hmm. and he's there to help you and get you ready. Okay. That's cool. Does Minnesota have that too, little guy? Is Omnium still doing that stuff? Yeah, Omnium's still running the neutral uh, pit and wheels and all that. All that chess, yeah. Okay, because for as big as uh, New England cyclocross is, there's there's not that you know like there is at the UCI races. Obviously, Shram comes out and whatever, but at the local races, there's just not like it's just a pile of wheels and stuff in the pit. Like, so I'm curious. I just don't know how that would work everywhere. You know. Well, I, I, agree, I I'm, man. I'm with Devin. I'm with Devin here that we need to uh, get rid of the pit bikes. I, I like this idea. Hmm. All right. I don't I mean, know if it, I, I can like see it as far as uh, like changing cyclocross into a little more of an elite sport. You know, like getting away from its roots. Um, like that argument is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, like I don't mind if there's a pit bike at the very top level. Like if you're doing a UCI or a national championship race, because by then you'll probably have a pit bike. But there's no need for your local uh, one-two race to have a pit bike. Like if it has UCI designation, you can have pit bikes. I like that because I like yeah. what he brings up about the, uh, like you know, the stage races that have gotten rid of the aero equipment because it's it all comes down to who has the most money then gets the advantage. 
Like, oh, they have a great sponsor that they can get all these disc wheels. I'm still on my box rims. Yeah. So I agree with that because time trials are dumb. Yeah. Um, we But cycle, we cyclocross is pretty cool. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm sold on this idea. Um, so it's because, so cool. You think more stuff? Hey, well, hey, Devin, no, not even that. Devin at like, Search and State. You can just send the jersey to Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida. That would be fantastic. Uh, Spencer uh, doesn't want it. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, your theory on, on just letting it uh, be allowed in the UCI race, but not in a local race, like, it's such an important part of the race at that level. Like, you need to be really dialed and you know how to need to know how to do it. And where do you practice that? Like, do you show up at a UCI race and just practice there? Like, no. Yeah, you just need practice, to practice in the parking lot for five minutes your, and then it's done. You practice where the guy has learned how to ride a unicycle. This is why you don't have a pit bike <laughs> This is what, no, you know, this is where you practice. Hey, Spencer, with... had, we, had we ever done a pit exchange ever? Had I ever been in a pit before we pitted at Nationals? No, no, we hadn't. No, and did how, how did it? Go? Pretty bad. I think you. I think you. <laughs> didn't, it we went didn't totally do so fine. <laughs> there was no problem at all. It was perfect. I, I sort of cleaned your bike in between laps. <laughs> no, I, I'm not uh, even. Car- I'm not even caring how the part you did, other than when you I mean, when I ran in and threw you a bike and grabbed another bike. That was fine. The exchange like, we, we was okay. It. Yeah, it was icy. You may have slipped one of the times. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was icy and ruddy. I'm going to say that 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 nationals in Madison where I pitted for you. I I grabbed a spot in the pit, and uh, shortly right after I got there, then Jeremy Powers and Zach McDonald's uh, Rafa uh, Focus pit guys all showed up and lined up all their bikes right on the other side of the thing for me. So I was like in the same stall. And I what I was not doing what they were doing like at all no, like no, not even right. close no and uh, it was it was I hadn't seen uh, pitting up close like that before and it was like NASCAR like they pulled everything off those bikes and cleaned everything and had it going every half lap and you know there's a whole there's a whole con- economy there um, those guys were getting paid for that and I don't know I don't I don't know if you can just cut it out of the sport. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just a bunch of dorks in clown suits riding around in circles, uh, pretending to be pro anyway. So why not go all the way? You know what people do care about? What's that? Podium buckets. Explain this one to me. Because this all of a sudden populated my Twitter feed at the Super Rookie. All of a sudden I got all these uh, yes tweets. Yeah. So... The same thing happened to me where uh, a bunch of people started tweeting photos to me of little guy because he got on the podium. Uh, it is a wide it, angle. It's, it's a wide uh, angle podium. Like you have it's to It's a fisheye like... podium. It's a fisheye yeah, podium. I'll, admit. Like... I'll totally admit. I got I got the two sympathy podiums this weekend. It was pretty <laughs> nice. Always excited when you when you when you finish off the podium and then you think, "Oh, that's it. I'm just going to go to the car and leave." And then you hear hear them say, "We're doing the podium top 5." And you're like, Oh, thank God. The wide Dude, podium means I like, get a little something. The wide-angle nice. podium. Yeah, Very good everybody's like, a little guy got on the podium. And I opened the photo, and I was like, no, he's he's next to the podium. <laughs> yeah, I got fifth. I got fifth both days this weekend. And they were both days had the five-way podium, the five, five-D podium, which is it's the sympathy but I only podium. But I saw one but I'll podium take it. photo. Well, 
exciting about it is like just just last episode we were talking about what you would bring with us uh to the podium you know if we if we were to get on one and uh i said i'd bring a baby and i don't remember what you guys said because i don't listen to you that carefully but i said he was gonna bring a lawn chair i didn't have a lawn chair with me but so then little guy goes out and gets on a podium the very next week and there's photographic evidence and you know what he has with him tim you do because you've seen the photo he has a bucket he has a bucket. Why does he have a bucket? And that's that's what we're here to so, figure out. We've spent however many minutes in this podcast now getting to this moment. So I've why, got it. So the reason little guy the reason little guy has a bucket is because he was planning okay. on standing on it. So then it would feel like he was actually on a podium step. But that's pretty good. But he didn't I couldn't know. stand on that though. It wasn't solid enough. It wasn't it's pl- it's like a that, plastic. We don't want to know. That was my guess. That was my guess. What, what did you have, it's pretty Spencer? Good. So, uh, I uh, if you look carefully at this photo, you can see little guy. He's wearing a crazy sweater like he usually does, or jersey of some kind. But he's got he's got full on middle of winter little guy beard, and it's it's out of control beard, like just kind of to that point where it's a little bit disgusting. Sorry, little guy. <laughs> this is just for the, uh, you know, people need it. I know. I know you don't mean it. It's just for the ratings. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's for our listeners, <laughs> but anyway, so I figured, you know, he was probably going to do us all a favor and shave that beard off and In then the realized, bucket. Yeah, and realized he was getting called to the podium, and he had the bucket with him to carry the beard home, in. and and then he got called to the podium. So he's kind of you know in the middle of about to shave that thing off of his face. Mm, pretty good guess, but I don't usually shave at the races. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. well, we needed to know who was the winner here. So, congratulations, little guy. You're not going to tell us why you got the bucket. I'm I can sure. tell you if you want to know. Yeah, if you really sure. want to know. Why did you get a bucket? I had a bucket. Well, mystery. I'll tell you the reason I brought the bucket to the podium. I brought the bucket to the podium to annoy you, Tim. Yeah. Um, wow. I, mostly because on Saturday, Saturday I did the podium and they and I wasn't prepared. I had no idea they were doing a five deep. And, and they called us and we had to go over there pretty quickly. And I didn't have anything and I went up there and it was just normal. And I was a little disappointed in myself for not doing something dumb. And then uh, Sunday, I knew I knew on Sunday after I'd finished, I, I knew I had more time to plan, and I had this bucket with me. And so the reason I had it with Why? me, the reason I had it is because I rode to the race and I and I trailered um, with a bucket. My, my, I trailered a bag and my and my tubular race wheels on the trailer and because the trailer is flat and it doesn't have sides i needed the bucket so i could like lean the wheels against something and just bungee cord them onto this flat (laughs) bike rack i have and i was like looking around the yard for something i was like i just need something that's like you know a foot tall and light and uh and then so i went in the shed and i got a a little plastic bucket and it worked nice well there you go go. so um we did get it you just strap it to your hobo camp to travel to the race. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect my sense. Hobo, my, my hobo ride to the race. Well, you know, I didn't oh, have enough God. duct tape to drive the van. So, so I yeah. want to. Uh, I do want to say that we got another uh, tweet from a uh, follower. Harry Gary hit us up with a podium bike 
sighting in Winnipeg at the national, the Canadian National Cyclocross Championships up in Winnipeg, just six hours north of Minnesota, where there's a UCI race that that little guy should have went to. Six hours yeah, north yeah. of the Twin Cities. Um, little guy maybe could have went there and actually uh, been in the top 20, uh, judging by the turnout. And yeah. little guy, the uh, they actually had a really cool podium presentation in which the bikes from the sponsors were artfully displayed over the steps, the first, second, and third, that overall is really nice-looking podium. So sometimes podium bikes can be done correctly if there's an insistence from the was director that, of the Was race. that really at the race, though? Because I feel like that was, like, at the club later in the well, evening because that was a fancy podium. Well, I think that that's at the wow. venue because the venue was wow. at the big amphitheater. And was I, that the race? What is... Yeah. I didn't see it. Where, well, what, of course you didn't see it because you're not on Twitter. It's hard to explain. We'll have the, the link on our. We'll have the link on our site. Yes, it's on the internet. It was on Twitter. They internet? copied okay. you, but you didn't. All the see internet. It. All right. yeah. No. The dial-up. All right. You know, well, photos. I, I like you said. I could have maybe gotten twenty. I think. Thanks, Tim. I said top twenty. You know, it's really cool. The uh, the Winnipeg folks who really excited about Minnesota Cross and like encouraging us to come up there and and you know i uh for a while i was running the mncx site uh, that i've turned over to a few other folks now um but they were always really like they wanted to grow a scene between winnipeg and minnesota really that was pretty cool you know they used to come down they're really far away winnipeg used to come down chicago and everybody's like but they're in another country a series with chicago and iowa also they're six hours the wrong way Winnipeg used to come down to the uh, Minnesota State Cross Championships all the time. So props to them. It looked like it was a fun race. Jeff Kabush was saying it was the best cyclocross national championships he's ever experienced in Canada, and that was pretty awesome. And he didn't even win. He didn't even win. Yeah, who won? So, Who's the Canadian uh, national champion? Some guy Mike named... Garrigan. Yeah. Oh, that he guy? He races uh, out here in New England a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. Probably... Catherine Pendrell heard... won the women's race. Not a she big did. surprise, but there you go. Cool. So, there we are. Another there great we episode. Are. I think are we, we worked through uh, pretty much all of the agenda I had here. So, unless you guys uh, have anything you want to uh, gripe about, anything that's grinding your gears that you need to get off your chest. All right. Thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Remember, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a ranking. Also, follow us on Facebook slash the Slow Ride Podcast. Email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. 